You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody shout, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Are you happy to be here? All the happy people, make some noise. If you can get loud about the things of the world, why can't you get loud for the things of God, right? So give praise to God one more time. We can never outgive the praises that we give to Him because God loves you and uh, I'm so happy to be here. I want to thank everybody for coming out. Can you thank the neighbor beside you? They could have been doing something else. They could have taken an extra hour of sleep, but instead they're here. So can you nudge them very quickly and say, I'm happy you're here. Amen. It's so good to be together today and this is such a powerful day that we're going to have because we're going to deliver to you a talk that I believe will resonate and will become very relevant in your life. But right now, I want to honor some very special people in the house. Can we see the hands of all the mothers right now? All the moms, come on. Keep your hands up. All the moms. I know that Father Paolo already prayed for you, but if you can continue lifting your hands up, we're going to give you something very special, a spiritual gift and a physical gift. So please, keep your hands up. Okay, if you're beside a mom right now, let's just say a quick prayer for them. Can you lay your hand on them? Let's pray for all the moms. Thank you, Jesus, for blessing us with this mom. Mothers are a beautiful blessing because we truly feel your love through them. And we pray, Lord, that you would just continue to empower them and equip them. Lord, fill them up with so much love. God knows, you know, Lord, that, that so many people withdraw from them withdraw from their emotions, withdraw from their joy, from their peace, from their resources. And Lord, we just ask you to deposit your life, your energy, your love, your generosity in them because they will need it the most. We just continue to claim abundance, purpose, clarity, and meaning in their life. Love them today, Jesus. Make today so special for all our moms. This is our prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody say, Amen. Everybody shout, Happy Mother's Day. It's an honor to be here together with you. All the moms, raise your hand again. We're going to give you a physical gift right now. Every mom who has their hands raised, you get a special gift from us. Come on, our ushers are going to deliver to you a cookie that's baked with love by our servants. So please, grab a cookie. And this is an honesty system, okay? Honesty system po ito, ha? Kasi pinagdasal namin yung mga cookie. Kapag kumain kayo niyan at hindi kayo nanay, magiging nanay bigla kayo. So ingat kayo, ha? <laughs> so keep your hands raised. We'd love to give everybody a free cookie. We want to thank our admin team who baked this, who made it possible for us to bake so much cookies for all our mothers. We want to appreciate you today. Are there any first-timers joining us today, by the way? Raise your hand. But don't give him a cookie, okay, guys? <laughs> we want to give you a special gift after that, okay? So all the first-timers, welcome to the feast. I want you to know that this is now your home. It's a spiritual home. It's, it's a home filled with love. I want you to know that none of us are perfect here. And that's okay. 
because then we are all wanting the perfect love of God. Thank you so much for distributing our cookies. I hope that, uh, yan, pasa-pasa na lang, ha? Doon sa mga nanay na nandito sa gitna, nandito sa likod. Thank you so much for loving our mothers. It's just a little token for us to be able to appreciate our moms. We know it's never enough for what you do for our families. But through this, we hope that you feel the love today. God bless you. Anyway, are you guys ready for a word from God today? All right. Can you guys hear me in the back? Shout amen if you hear me. Sounds good. All right. So let's begin as we all come in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everybody stretch your hands. Help me out. Come on. You know this drill. Everybody say this out loud. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's Word so that I become more and more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I am God's servant, and I'm God's powerful champion. Shout this out. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, if you're, by the way, if you're online, welcome to the feast as well. Please join us as you stand to give honor and reverence to God's word. As we all sing, everybody. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Get ready for God's message today because our message actually our messages because it's going to be two powerful messages it's going to bless you but right now i'm going to invite my 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 wonderful friend the friend that we can all call our spiritual mentor but also our close friend everybody please give a warm warm welcome to brother bo sanchez thank you Audi. give a big hand to Audi villaraza thank you worship team thank you so much i want you to grab a seat and tell somebody beside you, God will speak to you today. So good. So good to see you. So happy. Happy Mother's Day, mothers. This day is very special because May 8 is the birthday of my mom, who is with the Lord. And it's really, really special. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. If there's one thing that I want to happen in our study of the book of Jonah, it is this, that we learn to read the Bible the way Jesus read his Bible. Can everybody say that again with me? The way Jesus read his Bible. And, and I know that's something like, what, what does that mean? You'll find out as the weeks go by. I pray that when you open the Word, you will hear God sing to you. I will open your eyes, take you wonder by wonder. I'm dedicating this song to my nephew, Kino, seven years old, I think. Favorite song. And I pray that God will 
show you a new world, a fantastic point of view. It, it really is. I've got two messages I'd like to share with you today. So two big, two big messages, not one but two. Number one, see God in the storm. Can you tell somebody beside you, see God in the storm. Second message, God loves them more than you do. Thank you so much. I'd like to begin with a story. May I? The timing is perfect, Mother's Day. Mothers, you will resonate with what I'm going to share. I have two sons. And when you have children, you pray for them a lot. Mothers, yes or no? Fathers, yes or no? We do. Half of my prayer time is dedicated to those two gentlemen. Do you know when I started praying for them? Ask me when. Even before they existed in the universe, I started praying for them. Same with you. They were but a dream in my heart. They were but an idea in God's mind and I was praying for them already. And then when my wife came up to me and showed me those two blue lines on a pregnancy test, my prayer intensified tenfold. Like I would put my hand on the tummy of my wife and, and I would pray, Lord bless my baby. Lord God work on my, on my son. Lord God, you know, just pray, pray for my child, Lord God. And, and, and the Holy Spirit work, I would be praying fiercely. My wife would tell me, Pagdagdadasal ka, love, parang, parang may hawak ang microphone. It's like you're holding a microphone and there are a thousand people in front of you when you pray so intensely. And I say, I can't help it. I mean, I want my sons to be filled with the Spirit of God and God to work. And I would do that every day. I have a confession. I'm very embarrassed to say this, but when, when, when my kids were born, I tried my best to avoid changing diapers. I wasn't very good at it. If there's somebody who can do it, they'll do it. But if, if there's no one else, I'll do it. And when I do it, there would be accidents. Like major leakages that would cause the flood of Noah on my home. But, very proud to say this, I would not mind carrying my baby you know, and, and, and trying to make my baby sleep. And if it would take an hour, I will do it. It will take two hours, I'll do it. Because the whole time, I would be praying, praying fervently for my baby. Today, my sons are 22 and 17. And I still pray for them every day. I would say, still say the same words. But there's something that has changed. Ask me what? Louder. One day, I felt God speak to me. And I felt God say this to me. Son, 
You're praying out of fear. I want you to pray out of trust because I love them more than you do. And it shook me. That message shook me. And you know what I, I, what I really felt was that this, all my worries for my kids just fell on the floor when, when I realized that. And so I now pray out of surrender. And by the way, it's okay if you pray out of worry and if you pray out of fear. Ask me why. Because, because God wants you to be real before Him. And he, and, and he loves you to pray with your raw feelings. You understand me? But I think as the years go by, He will invite you to get to know Him more. Everybody say, know Him more. And, and He will invite you to get to know His character, which is exactly what the book of Jonah is all about. The book of Jonah is not about a whale. The book of Jonah is not even primarily about a reluctant prophet. The book of Jonah is about God's character. And, and, and God's going to say, get to know me more. Because if you get to know me more, and if you get to know my character more, here's what's going to happen. You're not going to be praying from your weaknesses, but from my strengths. You understand me? And so what God's going to do is going to tell you, surrender your concerns, your worries, your fears, your loved ones. Surrender your loved ones to my greater love for them. Do I hear a loud amen? Does this resonate with you? That, that I know there are people here. How many of you are praying for people you care for? And, and you're praying and praying and praying for them. Can I speak God's word to you? Surrender them to God's greater love. Continue to pray for them, but to continue to pray for them from trust. We're going to open the Bible now. We're going to read Jonah. And, and before we do that, I have one last thing to say about the book of Jonah. Uh, before we, before we read, that the book of Jonah is a satire. The reason why a lot of people misunderstand this book is because they do not know that. The literary form satire was already existing in the ancient world. And so my dear friends, this is very important. A satire has a lot of exaggerations. And so the book of Jonah has a lot and filled with exaggerations. Now when I say that, some people get nervous. Because, ay, exaggeration? So ibig sabihin hindi totoo? Eh, yung Bible totoo? You, do you get what I'm saying? That there is this nervousness when you say that. But my dear friends, the author of the book wrote Jonah as a satire. And so he wrote it with exaggerations. He wrote it funny, hilarious. Last week, we read that God told the prophet, go there. What did he do? He went the other way. Hilarious. Now, I want you to think with me. If you and I believe that the Holy Spirit 
really inspired the author of the book of Jonah to write it as a satire. If we really believe that the Holy Spirit inspired that author, then we also have to allow the Holy Spirit so that we can read it as a satire. Parang walang dating yung sinasabi ko. Because you see, when Jesus read his Bible, he looked at that. He looked at how did the book, how, how did the author of the book write it? He wrote it as a satire. So I'm going to read it as a satire. That's how Jews read it. And so that's how Jesus read it. Modern people, we don't read it that way. We look at the Bible and, and we look at the verse and we say, ah, the verse from God. No, no, you, you've got to look at those things. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because what I'm opening up to you is a whole new world, a new fantastic point of view. You're going to be blown in your mind when you understand and when you read the Bible in this way. So if you're ready, if you're ready, here we go. Jonah chapter 1, we're now in verse 4. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind. Everybody say wind. Louder. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Do you know that the word wind in Hebrew is the same for the word spirit? Ruach. I keep on saying that. Yung word na may konting plema sa Ruach. That's the same word. So what does that mean? Say, ask me, Brother Bo, what does that mean? That Jonah was running away from God, but when he ran away from God, the wind, it says here, but the Lord hurled a powerful wind, and wind equals spirit. Meaning to say, while Jonah was running away from God, fleeing from God, what was God doing? God, the wind, the Spirit, His presence, running after Him. You think you can run away from God? You can't. Can you, can you, can you just pinch somebody beside you and tell that person, God is running after you? In fact, in fact, the author of the book is already saying, please connect this. Please connect this to Psalms 139. What does Psalms 139 say? He was hyperlinking it there. You know, when Jew, the Jews, they, they, they knew their Bible, even if they didn't know how to read, memorize, they memorized it. Ever since they were kids, they've been hearing the Bible. And so when, when, when they read Jonah, Immediately, they're hyperlinking it, this, that line to one Psalms 139 where it says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down the grave, <laughs> you're there. If I ride to the wings of the morning, if I dwell to the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me. In the 1970s, um, there was this... The guy who composed the song based on 139 became very popular during my time. Yahweh, I know 
you are near, standing always at my side. In verse 4, it says, we just read it, and he based his song, this verse, on that verse. Where can I run from your love? I'm, I'm so old, right? You don't know what I'm singing. We, we, we sang this every day. Where can I run from your love? If I climb to the heavens, you are there. If I fly to the sunrise or sail beyond the sea, still I find you there. Tell somebody beside you, God is chasing after you. He really is. And, and I, we need to go on. We need to go on. Fearing for their lives. I'm reading from verse 5. The desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. Everybody say, God is in the storm. Jonah and the sailors, they were in the ship. Who recognized the presence of God in the storm? I repeat, think with me. Are you listening? Who were in the ship? Two characters. Well, actually more people, but generally two. The prophet, Jonah. The sailors. The pagan sailors. Question. Who? saw God in the storm. If you said Jonah, read the verse again. Because the answer is, hint, hint. Sailors. The pagan sailors were the one who saw God in the storm. Jonah was asleep. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And why, why is that being, why, why is that there? Can I, can, I, can I read, continue to read verse 6 to 9? So the captain went af down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this, he shouted. Get up and pray to your God. This, isn't this funny? Do you understand that this is satire at its finest? Who was telling who to pray? Di ba dapat yung propeta? Mga pagano yan eh. It was the prophet who should have said, Shh, pray, pray, there's a storm. No, no, no. It was the other way around. It was the pagan sailors telling, to the, telling the prophet, Uy, magdasal ka? Isn't that hilarious? But this is the story. And then the, the captain of the ship says, maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused a terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Parang job interview, di ba? 
And Jonah answered, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. Here's something very interesting. He confesses, my God, He is the God of the sea and the land. Pero saan siya tumatakbo? He was running away from God on the sea. And here's, here's what I believe, what the author was trying to say. Ask me again, what? Both Jonah and the pagan sailors are on this boat. And I believe, I really, really totally believe this, that God is working even among people who are very different from us. And sometimes, you see, the author was speaking to Jews, religious Jews, who think that God is only working in us. But no, God is working everywhere. You see, God is here right now at the feast. Say amen. But I also believe that the Spirit of God is blowing all over this world, touching the lives of people that may be very different from us, with different beliefs and different practices. God is there working in them. Let me tell you one, one story. I, I met this entrepreneur, very, very successful, amazing guy. But he was what you call the KBL Catholic. Are you familiar with that? They go to church only. He only went to church pag kasal, binyag, at libing. KBL. And in English, he only goes to church if people are hatched, matched, and dispatched. He was not, you know, a church-going guy. He, he was not religious. But then over coffee one day, he told me, Brother Bo, can I tell you something about me? And so here was this guy, worldly, doesn't go to church. He says, something happened in my life a few years ago when I realized I'm not in control. I like being in control, Brother Bo. I control my business, I control my company. But when that happened, I started to pray. And every morning, I prayed. And do you know, Brother Bo, I pray a lot. And I was just listening to him, just blown, blown away, awed by, talaga, hindi nagsisimba. Pero araw-araw na siya nagdadasal. At mahaba yung dasal niya. And, and what struck me, and, and he told me this, you know, my friends don't know, even my family doesn't know. But this is what I'm doing. And so right now, can I speak to you? Can, can I invite you to stand up a bit? Just for a short while. Because... Are you praying for someone that you feel is far away from God and you're losing hope? Maybe you're praying for a brother who's taking drugs. Maybe you're praying for a sister who has an affair with a married woman.
or a married man, I'm sorry. Maybe you're praying for a son who the whole day, maybe 16 hours a day is in front of a video game. Maybe you're praying for a daughter who just recently told you, hindi na siya naniniwala sa Diyos. Maybe you are praying for a father who abandoned their family. And maybe, maybe you're praying for a mom. And though you know she loves you, She's going through hell. I want you to believe that God, He loves them, each one of them more than you do. And they may not be doing what you're doing, going to church, reading the Bible. But you know what? God is chasing after them. And God is sending His Spirit in them. God is in the storm in their lives. You got what I'm saying? And so I want you to pray and ask that you will have this moment to surrender them to the Lord. Amen? Let's just thank the Lord. <clears throat> Father, thank you for the love that you have for everyone, every person. And thank you for being in the storm. And thank you for being in, in these people's lives, running after them, chasing after them, loving them. May I invite you to just picture the, this person in your mind, this person that needs grace, this needs love. Lift up your hand and just lift up your hand and extend it to that person that is in need of God's love, God's spirit, God's grace. In Jesus' name. Surrender that person to the Lord. God is working. We're all in one boat. Prophets and pagans are in one boat, and God is in the boat. And everybody say, Amen. Everybody say, I believe. Everybody say, I trust in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand, everybody. Please be seated. I hope I didn't go over time, but if I did, I'm sorry. Brother Audie, come on stage. Everybody say thank you, Brother Bo. That was the pump fake. <laughs> Worship team was getting worried. Are we ending? No, there's still a second message, and I'm going to preach it to you. That's the first message. Touch somebody beside you and say, see God in the storm. Now here's the second message, and I do hope that you can preach this to somebody beside you. Do you have your mom beside you? No? If, if you don't have your mom beside you, maybe a loved one? Yes? You got somebody beside you that you treat as somebody that you love? I want you to preach this to the person beside you, okay? Just make sure you preach this the way I say it. Say, God loves you more than I do.
Yeah. That's good news. Because our love is limited. Our love is conditional. God's love isn't. And so God loves people. God loves your loved ones more than you do. And that's very good news for all of us. In fact, let's continue to study this. We're talking about Jonah. Jonah, and we are in verse 10, I believe. Let me read it to you. It says here that, here we go. The sailors were terrified when they heard this. This is just to continue the story, okay? The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them that he was running away from the Lord. We're talking about Jonah. And so the sailors were terrified when they heard that Jonah told them that he was running away from the Lord. When you read about this, everybody say they were terrified. This is nothing new. We know that they were already terrified. In, in fact, this is deja vu from verse 5 where it says, Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw their cargo overboard to lighten the ship. We know that they got scared. They were terrified, fearing for their lives. We know that they were terrified. But this is the first time that we're finding out what they did out of that fear. What did they do? It says that they threw their cargo overboard to lighten the ship. And this is funny. Because when I was reading it this week, I'm like, this is me. And in fact, this is you too. Isn't it true that whenever we've got a problem, the first thing that we do is we try to handle it on our own? You know, we try with the best of our abilities to make sure that we solve the problem. We don't even want asking help sometimes from other people. But then when the problem becomes even worse, what do we do? That's when we start looking for others to help us. And then eventually when we get desperate enough, that's when we start praying to God. In fact, I said this I think last week or a few weeks before, that sometimes God is not our first option. God is more like our last resort. We, know we go to God in case of emergency. We break glass in case of emergency. And sometimes, here's the worst part. We do what the sailors did. We pray to our other gods. You might be a Christian. You might be a believer. But guess what? Sometimes you have other gods. What gods am I talking about? When you get emotionally distressed, what happens? What's the first thing that you do? You add to cart. Right? You go shopping thinking that ah, if I buy the next you know, heels or the next pair of shoes, you know, that's going to solve my loneliness in life. Thinking that the next thing is just going to solve your need for stuff. But then as you buy more stuff, what happens is that you get hungrier for other stuff. Am I right? So we turn to our other gods. Sometimes our other gods are substances. You know, we turn to substances. We run to them. We run to other people, treating, treating them like they are our God. If there is anything in your life that's in the center of your life other than God, it's time to unseat that thing. It's time to place God as the rightful king of your life. Tell your neighbor, make God your king. That's right. And you know, continuing the story, by now, the sailors actually found someone to blame. Just like us. Whenever we've got a problem, we look for the next person to blame. We don't take account, we're not accountable. It says here, the sailors ask Jonah, they say, Oh, why did you do it? Why did you run from the Lord? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, What should we do to you to stop the storm? And then Jonah said, Throw me into the sea and it will become calm again. And then Jonah said this, I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. 
You know, I preached the message about Jonah many, many years ago. I don't know if you remember this. It was called How to Make Godly Decisions. I talked about Jonah and then Paul side by side, how two of them were in the boat. And I shared for the very first time at the feast publicly, one of the lowest points of my life was when I became bankrupt. I uh, had a financial debt at the age of 25. I owed many people a huge amount of money. And it started all because of one very selfish decision. It was a business decision, but I did it on my own, thinking that, you know, this is going to make me rich. In fact, I was already planning what I was going to buy, what I, where I was going to go, where to spend the money on. But when the deal exploded in my face, nobody knew about it. I tried to handle it on my own without telling anybody, not even my family, not even my closest friends. But when the deal exploded, I did the one thing that all of us do. I tried to run away. Because we think that sometimes the easiest and the quickest solution to solve your hardest problems is to run away from that, just like Jonah. And I almost did, had it not been for a family friend. Because I came to a family friend with the hopes that she was going to be able to help me out, you know, lend me the money, and then I can be able to work on paying her back little by little. And I thought, I knew she could help me. She was good with the money. And I wish I could tell you who she is, but I'm afraid that you might contact her as well. I knew she was good with it, and I, I spoke to her. And I felt like she was going to help me. But the help that she gave was not the help that I expected because the next morning when I woke up, I saw my mom at the foot of my bed crying and then saying, Anak, bakit hindi mo sa akin sinabi? Natulungan sana kita na mas maaga. In English, son, why didn't you tell me about your problem? I could have helped you early on. And I found out that that family member told my mom my problem. And what turned out to be at first a burden eventually became a blessing because I realized that when my mom found out, it was painful. You know, my mom finding out for the very first time that I owed so much to so many people. You know what my mom did? She helped me out. And I want to honor all the moms here. Can we give a big hand to all the moms, all the mothers who sacrificed for their children? Thank you so much. We don't know how it takes to be a mother and we just honor you right now. And so my mom, you know, she helped me out. But my mom didn't have money. She also had problems. I will never forget, even until this day, what my mom did. In order for me to be able to pay for our debt, she sold our house. We had a townhouse in Quezon City, but we had our ancestral house in Taytay Rizal. She sold that in order for me to pay for my debt. And it was, it was one of the, 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 the craziest moments of my life. But, but by God's grace... I worked very hard to be able to pay off that debt little by little to my mom just to be responsible. But you know, one practical lesson, everybody. Don't ever be too afraid or be ever too proud to ask for help. Especially if your problem is still very small. Reach out to somebody. Sometimes you'll be surprised that God will send you somebody. He'll send help through the form of a person. So ask for help if you need help. Especially if it's something that you feel like you can't handle it on your own. Because sometimes we get too proud you know, thinking, Kaya ko to. You want to prove yourself to somebody, but don't ever be too proud to ask for help. And so my mom helped me out. And eventually, you know, here's what I realized, thinking about Jonah right now, how Jonah ran away from that problem. When I made that decision, that business decision many, many years ago, 
I owed so many people an amount, 1.7 million at the age of 25 years old. But by the end of the first year, because of bad decisions and bad decisions and bad decisions, that 1.7 million turned to 6 million pesos. I don't know what to do. And the only thing I wanted to do was just run away. I had my passport in my hand. I was ready. I had a few cash in the bank and I was ready to fly to another country without telling anybody, start my life again. But thank God that He stepped in through the form of my mom. And you know what? When I made that decision, it was based on my selfish motives. I wanted you know, an increase. It was a good intention. I wanted you know, to profit. I wanted to earn. I wanted to buy some stuff. I wanted to get married very early. But I made it on a very selfish motivation. And you know, I realized it in the story of Jonah. When Jonah rode that boat, he had very selfish intentions about running away from the Lord because he was angry at the Ninevites. But what he did not realize, and the same thing that I did not realize, is that there are other people in our boat. Because not only was I the only person affected, now it was my mom who was affected. Now it was my brother who was affected. And now it's my sister who's affected. And get this, my friends. Sometimes, here's the worst part, the people that you affect because of your decisions, they're actually good people, hardworking people, people who just want to live a good life and they obey the Lord. And sometimes, you know, just like the sailors, they're, they're non-believers. But it doesn't mean that they're bad people. In fact, in the story, li listen to this. The sailors were, were good people. They even, when, even when Jonah wanted to tell them, throw me overboard, here's what they said. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land. But the stormy sea was too violent for them and they could not make it. You know, let me just say this. Non-believers are not bad people. And I have to say that because I know of a few people, Christians, who will only do business with fellow Christians. Why? Because they think that non-Christians, you know, they're deceitful, they're manipulative, they're evil, they're sinful. And so they don't, they don't do business. They don't deal with other non-Christians. But here's a question. What is our mission at the feast? To make friends? To make friends? feast To make disciples. Everybody say, to make disciples. That's our mission. So here's my question. How in the world can we ever make disciples if we only hang out with other disciples? How in the world are we going to be able to reach people who are far from Christ if we're only hanging out with those who are already close to Christ? The only way we can make disciples is if we step out of our boat. And all it takes, you don't even need to be a prophet just like Jonah. You don't even need to be a preacher just like Brother Bo or Brother Alvin. All it needs is just a little humility and a whole lot of love for people. That's what you need to be vulnerable in front of other people. In fact, you know, when I heard that, Jonah was saying this. He said, I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. You know, I felt like, oh my goodness, Jonah was humbling himself. Throw me overboard because I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. I was thinking, ang humble ni Jonah until I realized, you know, when the, you know the context of Jonah's life and he was running away, not because he was afraid, but because he was angry. You realize that he wasn't doing that out of humility. He was doing it out of what? Self-pity. I have a word for it. It's called negative self-talk. Just like, you know, that, that movie, Popoy, when he said to Basha, Ako! Ako na lang! 
Ako na lang parati, magsalanan. Naalala niyo yun? I just recently watched that and saw that yung once or second chance, something like that. Ako na lang parati. That's self-pity. You know, you want the world to revolve around you thinking that my problem is the biggest problem in the world so you need to give me your attention. That's self-pity. And that's not what God wants. In fact, something amazing happens after everything that Jonah was going through. Something happens in verse 12. Oh, sorry, verse 14. When the sailors were about to die themselves, the Bible says this, Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God, and said, Oh Lord, don't make us die for this man's sin and don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Then the sailors, what? Picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea. And the storm stopped at once. And the sailors, check this out, they were awestruck by the Lord's great power. And then they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. This is exciting. Jonah was running away from Nineveh. Why? Because he didn't want God to forgive the pagans, right? He was angry. He didn't want God to forgive the Ninevites because he didn't want them to change their pagan ways. But here's the thing. Jonah was running away from the pagans only to wind up in a boat full of pagans. Sometimes God is going to send you the people that you don't like in your path. Now, why is that important? Ask me why. A little bit louder. Why? God is going to send you the people sometimes that you don't like and then He's going to bless them to tell you this message that God will not only just bless you, but God is going to bless others too. God loves others too. Come on, clap your hands if that's a good message. You're not alone. Even if you don't like other people, guess what? God loves them too. And God's going to bless them too. God's going to save them too. God's going to rescue them too. It's not just about you. Even if they were non-believers, what happened? All of a sudden, there was a conversion. Oh Lord, they said, oh Lord. They started serving Him. And look at Jonah. Jonah who did not want to go to Nineveh because he didn't want them to change their ways. I said this last week. We took a, a step forward in the, in the reading and said that a time will come when Jonah will have a second chance and be able to preach to Nineveh and then they will repent. In other words, Jonah would witness the conversion of all these pagans. But guess what? Before Jonah could witness the conversion of many, Jonah was now about to witness the conversion of a very few people. Now what is my point? Somebody say, what's your point, Brother Wadi? My point is very simple. When you refuse to serve God, when you run away from God, guess what? God is the one who's going to choose to serve you and then serve others too. That's the God that we worship. The God who will serve everybody, even if you don't want to serve them. But why is that? Why did God allow us to hear this story? Let me share with you one last thing. Some of you know my story in ministry. You know, if there's anybody that I could honestly relate to in the Bible, it would definitely have to be Jonah because I'm also a runner. You, you, you probably know this already about me, that I'm one of the last people who said that I'm going to build a feast. I ran away from the Lord's calling for as long as I can remember. And I remember one conversation, the night before I made the decision to say, yes, I'm going to build a feast. I was talking to my friend, George Gabriel. You remember Brother George? George and I, we had a lot of meetings together, but that one particular night, he said a line to me. He said, bro, the reason why I want to... I want you to become a leader 
is because I want you to experience leadership. And then he said this, I love you too much as a brother and as a friend to not let you experience servanthood and leadership. And I'm like, wow. I don't really know what that means. But over time, as I dove into leadership, you know what happened? I realized that he was right. Because leadership not only changed me in terms of ministry, it changed me. It turned me into a better person. It turned me into a better husband, a better father, a better business owner. And it will turn you to become a better person if you take on that role of leadership. And then here's the funny thing. The funny thing is that he said, actually, bro, that's actually not my line. Somebody spoke that over my life as well. You want to know who told that same thing to Brother George? Ask me who. Brother Bo Sanchez. Because there was a time, you need to know this, that Brother George was in the same boat. He wanted to become a, a perennial worship leader in Feast Makati, serving under the wing of Brother Randy Borromeo. And he said, I'm fine with this, serving in the background, you know, just leading worship. But God had other plans. And Brother Bo said that same thing to him, and it changed his life. I'm going to pass on that same anointed message to all of you right here, right now. I love you too much as a brother to not let you experience servanthood and leadership. So stop running away from God's calling. Stop running away. It's time to step out into the calling and then start serving the Lord because God wants to change you. God wants to change the people around you through you. Is this message any good? Okay, can I ask you to stand up? Come on. We're going to close. I'm, I'm going to invite our, our worship team again. Okay, this is, this is official, guys. <laughs> We're going to close. I want you to know this, that four years after Jonah wrote this, this beautiful, beautiful book, it's a very short book, what happens is that another author writes another story in his book. And uh, this is amazing. It says here, and this comes from the book of Mark. Mark wrote about a man named Jesus. And then he uses the, the story of Jonah as a platform to launch his story. It says here in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, that as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon, check this out, a fierce storm came up and then high waves were breaking into the, into the boat and it began to fill with water. Guess what? Somebody else is also sleeping in this story just like that story that we're reading. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion and the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Isn't this the same thing that the sailors were going to? They were terrified, fearful for their life. Now when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence! Be still! And then suddenly, just like that story in Jonah, the wind stopped and then there was a great calm. And then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples were absolutely terrified. And they said, Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. In the first story, we saw how the sailors were afraid of the storm, right? And then when they saw God, God's power, they became afraid of God. And now we're seeing in this story told by Mark that the disciples were afraid of the storm. But when they saw the great power of Jesus, they became afraid of Jesus. 
Now, what is the connection between those two? They started out with fear. They became afraid. They, they became afraid of God. But it says here that it did not end with fear. Because it says that in Jonah's story, the sailors were, in verse 16, the sailors were awestruck. Everybody say awestruck. They were awestruck. You know, they were fascinated by the Lord's great power. And then in Mark's story, in verse 41, it says that the disciples were absolutely terrified and they said, who is this man? They asked each other. The response was one and the same. It started with fear, but it did not end with fear. It began to transfer and transition to what? Fascination. Who is this man? Who is this amazing God? But guess what? It did not end in fascination either. It ended in verse 16. It says in the book of Jonah, the sailors offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve God. And guess what? Even in the book of Mark, the disciples started following Jesus. So from fear to fascination, it ended with faith. In other words, it started with worry. And I wonder how many people are worried right now. But this is my declaration that your worry will transition to wonder. Who is this God that can save lives, that can give a miracle? But I don't want it to even to end with worry. I want you to take that all the way to worship. To worship the God who can rescue you. I want you to entrust your life right now to this sovereign God. A God so powerful that He can command the wind and the waves to be still. A God that's so powerful, He can calm the storms. But that's not all. A God also so personal that He can climb a cross in order to save you and me. This is our God. He's a sovereign God. And he not, He's not just your God. He's the God of those who don't even believe in Him. If you're watching this right now and you feel like you don't belong, belong in God's family, you don't believe in God, guess what? God believes in you. If you don't love the Lord, guess what? God still loves you. If you're not faithful to God, guess what? God is faithful to you. He's the God of the backslider. He's the God of the lost. He's the God of the least. He's the God of the last. This is the God that we worship, my friends. The God who will be a God for the believers and also the non-believers. That's our God. You can be feeling lost right now, but I don't want you to end that in that feeling of desperation. I want you to take that all the way from fear to fascination and then to faith. From worry to wonder and then to worship. Are you ready to worship our God right now? Hallelujah. Can I ask you to lift up your hands? We are in the presence of an amazing, magnificent God. And I want you to know this, that God is good. Even if you're not good, God is faithful. Even if you're not faithful, the goodness of God is something that we will never fully comprehend and we will never fully understand. But it's us to just receive that and to thank Him for it. Father, we offer our lives, though imperfect and though limited and though broken, we offer it, Lord, as a gift. And we thank you that you are there loving us in spite of our brokenness, in spite of our failures, God. We declare your goodness over our life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let this song 
be your prayer to God today. Let it be a declaration over your life that God is good. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph slash radio.